from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. And we bring in the great Steve Forbes, chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes Media. His most recent book is Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. Welcome back, Steve. Appreciate you doing this. Steve, a couple things I want to talk about. Just let me begin with this uh, whole business that um, the Biden administration is doing the best it can to tie Israel's hands. And they sent uh, Secretary of State Blinken, goes uh, back to uh, Jerusalem and meets with the war cabinet and basically tells them, basically tells them, don't unleash. You know, they, the goal should be to protect civilians, not to annihilate Hamas. And uh, I think this is a gigantic mistake, but it's typical of the Biden administration. And I wonder what your thoughts were on this. Well, what we see unfolding with that and other policies they pursued around the world is really, Larry, a slow-moving train wreck. Uh, tying, uh, the Hamas, and we've discussed this on your uh, TV show, they are worse than the Nazis. The Nazis knew that the violence they're perpetrating against the Jewish populations was criminal and wrong, which is why they tried to hide it. Even during the war, they tried to hide it, destroy the camps when the Allies came. Uh, these people, Hamas and others, they are out there open about trying to annihilate Israel, trying to annihilate the Jews. And if this administration does not take seriously Iran uh, saying they're going to annihilate Israel. They just think, oh, that's rhetoric. So whether it's Taiwan, South Korea, Israel, Ukraine, they're tied together. The bad guys in the world feel that we're in retreat. We don't have a stomach to uh, stand up for the free world. And what we're doing in Israel borders on criminal. Uh, they should uh, be supporting Israel. Instead, they say, we won't give you the weapons you need to do the job if you don't uh, do our dictates. It is just absolutely, uh, you, uh, let me just say, Putin and Xi Jinping almost seem to be designing this uh, policy by the Biden administration mm. in terms of what's happening in uh, Gaza. Mm, yes. I mean, I'll read you um, a leak from this meeting with Blinken and the Israeli war cabinet. Blinken. You can't operate in southern Gaza in the way you did in the north. There are two million Palestinians there. You need to evacuate fewer people from their homes, be more accurate in the attacks, not hit U.N. facilities, and ensure that there are not protected areas for civilians. And if not, then not to attack where there's a civilian population, blah, 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 blah. And then the defense minister, Yoav Gallant, the entire Israeli society is united behind the goal of dismantling Hamas, even if it takes months. And then Blinken says, Steve, I don't think you have the credit for that, really. And then Kirby, John Kirby, the White House uh, NSC spokesman, we don't support southern operations unless or until the Israelis can show that they've accounted for all the internally displaced people of Gaza. I mean, really? We're going to have war without casualties after what Hamas did on October 7th and many other times historically? I mean, whose side are they on? Uh, they're on the side of, uh, gee, we can negotiate anything. There looks like what uh, Blinken said in that uh, meeting could have been written by the Palestinians' talking points. Mm. Uh, the terrorist talking points could have been written in Tehran. And it's just an outrage that uh, so they're not so they're, and uh, the, the idea, oh, don't... Uh, do anything that might hurt civilians. That's what Hamas does. We know where they put their headquarters in that hospital 
We know what they've done in the tunnels. We know what they've done with the hostages. And so uh, what they are doing is just saying to Hamas, as long as you keep hostages and put yourself operations under a, a civilian shields, uh, you're going to be safe to per- perpetrate more terrorist attack. And don't you believe that Hezbollah is not looking at that, uh, that uh, the Syrians aren't looking at that, the Iranians aren't looking at that, the Chinese and the Russians? What they see is weakness. And uh, when you have weakness, you get trouble, big trouble. That's how he stumbled into World War One. That's how he stumbled into World War Two. And so that's why I just uh, love the stock market doing well, Larry. But I just see this trouble out there of a weak administration forgetting a potentially disastrous situation. I can't wait for these elections next year. Yes, well, ditto. Amen to that. You know, the other thing is all the reports have been that in the course of uh, negotiating uh, so-called temporary ceasefire and hostage return. I mean, everybody wants the hostages to return, sure, but uh, lots and lots of rumors and, frankly, evidence statements that Blinken is involved and and um, the CIA director Burns with right. the Qataris and the Egyptians to have a permanent truce, I mean, to stop the war so that Israel's job is not done, and we'll go through this whole thing all over again. Hamas will survive. They'll still be uh, in parts of the southern Gaza, and they'll attack Israel again. I mean, a, a permanent truce is exactly the wrong thing. The job is not yet done by Israel. And there's no such thing as a permanent truce in that uh, war. Hmm. And all it is is just a truce for the next round of uh, warfare. And so do the job, do the job now, and uh, send a message to the world. You do something horrific, you are going to pay for it. And that's why I'm delighted the Israelis, uh, I don't know who they leaked it to, uh, but I'm delighted they made clear whether these Hamas leaders are in Turkey, Syria, wherever they go, they're going to be hunted down. You do certain things, you will pay the price. That was the whole point of creating Israel, to know that uh, the Jewish people are going to have a homeland and they're going to make sure that if they're attacked, uh, the enemies are going to be uh, pursued around the world. That's what they did after the Munich uh, slaughter of the Israeli athletes in 72. Virtually mm-hmm. every uh, terrorist involved in that operation was hunted down successfully. And that's what mm-hmm. you have to do if you want a safe, sane world where you can have prosperity, you can have freedom, opportunity to get ahead. You've got to snip this uh, barbarism, Nazism modernized, in the bud. Yeah, I mean, the other side of this remains, Steve Forbes, that um, Iran and its proxies continue to attack U.S. military assets in the Middle East, and the Biden administration essentially does nothing about it. And so that's the appeasement issue that you and I were talking about on the TV show, and and so far nothing has changed. Pinpricks, that's all the Bidens have done. They haven't taken out all fields or training centers in Iran. No shots across the Iranian bow. And again, this seems to me to project American weakness. I mean, this is not only about Israel, right? They're at war with the United States. I just don't know if the Bidens understand that. They don't. And what they're doing is a caricature of, uh, of, uh, of appeasement. Uh, that uh, negotiation for negotiation's sake, 
they seem to have this idea that the world's sort of a version of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, where if you just get together and talk, everything will be well. And they can't shed the illusions that they hold about the world, uh, which is why when reality kicks in, whether it was uh, uh, the seizure of Crimea in 2014 by Putin, other acts of aggression <clears throat> moving into Syria, Obama's fake uh, red lines and the like, uh, you get uh, you get uh, worse and worse uh, reactions. And uh, they, I mean, again, it looks like their foreign policies written out of Beijing and Tehran and Moscow. Mm. Really perverse, permanent yeah. truce. No, it guarantees permanent terror and permanent uh, decline of civilization. And I don't think <clears throat> these Gulf state Arab countries, I don't think they're in love with Iran at all. But oh, the problem... you know that. And that's why they focus, Larry, on Qatar... Mm. Qatar, whatever you want to call the place, because the other uh, Gulf states, they want Hamas destroyed mm. behind the scenes. The Egyptians don't want a bunch of Gazans coming into their country. But make no mistake, uh, they don't like the Muslim Brotherhood, which is what Hamas is an offshoot of going mm. back to the 1920s. Uh, they don't want that. The Saudis don't want it. You know, in public, they worry about the streets, so they keep silent and do the usual uh, noises about, uh, you know, permanent truces and stuff like that. But behind the scenes, they want Hamas destroyed. They want a, a assurance that if they're aligned with the U.S., they're not going to be destroyed. Right now, the message we're sending is the old adage, uh, you don't want to be an enemy of the United States, but worse is being an ally of the United States. Mm. Not a good uh, situation. No, no. See, that's a key point. They're watching us, watching the U.S. government here, the Biden administration, and they're not seeing any strength. So that puts the other Arab countries in a very difficult and delicate position. And so they're going to lose confidence at some point. I mean, the Biden should just stand aside, step away, let the IDF do what the IDF's going to do. I call it let Israel be Israel, let the IDF be the IDF, and get the job done once and for all. And the amazing thing is the Israelis go out of their way uh, to avoid civilian casualties. Right. They take casualties to try to avoid uh, civilian casualties. And instead of being uh, praised for, for that, trying to fight an impossible war, with people who use uh, civilians as human shields, instead of being praised for trying to uh, avoid civilian casualties, they get criticized. You fight back. Oh, you're naughty. And another thing, uh, in terms of looking at the world, don't think Asian nations are looking. Uh, do we have to make a, a, a appeasement peace with China because the U.S. is no longer reliable? We're just creating a very, very dangerous and unsafe world by what we're doing now in the Middle East. Nice. The whole world's watching. Steve, let's take a quick break. I want to come back on the other side of the break, and I want to talk about this uh, defense conference out at the Reagan Library. And I want to talk about something you told me on the TV show this past week. We're going to have to spend much more money on defense uh, in order to deal with the problems of the day, but we're going to have to grow the economy the way Reagan did in order to have those resources. It was a terrific insight you had. Folks, we're talking with the great Steve Forbes, chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes Media. His most recent book is Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. I'm Kudlow. We'll be back with Forbes. Please stay with us. Larry Kudlow.
Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking with the great Steve Forbes, chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes Media. And uh, his most recent book is Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. Steve, when you came on the TV show, we briefly talked about um, the need to build up American defenses I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but I think we're less than 3% of GDP for uh, defense spending. We probably should be double that, right. give, given the threats that you've outlined this morning on the radio. And your response, which was very insightful, um, yes, absolutely, we're going to have to allocate more defense, but we're going to have to grow more rapidly to do it. And I would just add, um, now I do agree with that. Not only is that a Reagan-esque point of view, but we've only been growing less than 2%, really. I think it's like 1.8% the last nearly 25 years, and that's not going to do it. So we need strength at home to give us strength abroad. Well, that's right, and that's another example of the bankruptcy of this uh, whole uh, Biden policy, which, by the way, on Iran, nuclear power, we don't want that. And by the way, the Obama administration, Larry, was very comfortable with the idea of Iran dominating the Middle East, uh, which is just shocking. But in terms of the American economy, this is one reason why people feel so anxious about the future. These people don't know how to create the conditions for economic growth, creativity, opportunity, uh, more advances that enhance our quality of life and provide for our defense in this crazy world. And so it's very simple. Uh, you reduce tax rates so people can have a uh, focus on uh, doing investments for the future, a stable dollar. So you don't have to hedge everywhere, which is a cost and means less investment in, 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 in the future, uh, less regulation. Uh, starting, unfortunately, it looks like the whole EV thing, electronic vehicle thing is collapsing on its own uh, because people just don't want them. Mm. Uh, General Motors is facing, even though it's flush with cash right now, they're having a big stock buyback. Uh, they look at a future where if it's EVs, they go broke. Ford, as you know, lost $60,000 in each electronic vehicle they sold in the third quarter. So it's, uh, the, these bankrupt policies have to be reversed. So if you have stable dollar, low tax rates, i.e. a flat tax, I would even, that would be the best of things. Removing all these idiot regulations that stand in the way of people getting ahead. By golly, you would see this country prosper. Not only would that provide resources for defense, but also be a model for the rest of the world, as we saw in the 80s, uh, to get their act together. After the Reagan tax cuts, as you know, 50 countries enacted in the next few years after that uh, their own substantial tax cuts, and the world blossomed. Yes, well said, well put. Um, The defense guys, I think defense experts have got to come to grips with this that the two are linked. The economic growth uh, formula is linked to building up our defense, which would give us strength around the world again. I'm not sure they're there, 
But I think that's a theme that has to be emphasized again and again. I think it has to be emphasized among Republicans in Congress, and I think it has to be emphasized among Republicans, you know, inside the defense establishment. I had interviewed okay, Bill get, get rid of Get rid of this climate change stuff, you know, in yes. terms of the military and woke stuff. Focus on getting a real military. Start with the, the Marines. Thankfully, it didn't go whole hog for this crazy stuff. But uh, you got to, you got to, uh, and, and, and our military leaders. Maybe we need a whole new bunch who recognize prosperous economy means a strong military. You can't have one without the other. Actually, you know your point about the climate change and the uh, war against fossil fuels. I mean, fossil fuels and nuclear, very important for the next fifty years or longer, in order to power the economy and power. The military. What the Bidens are doing is, you know, trying to rule out fossil fuels. They won't touch nuclear because it's politically incorrect. But those are key points. I mean, probably for the next century. And it affects us at home, but it also affects our military. That's right. And the thing too about uh, energy, just to take uh, take uh, the uh, whole energy sector, which is a huge consumer of energy. The cloud, for example now consumes more than twice as much energy hmm. as the entire nation of Japan. Third largest economy in the world. Technology today in the cloud absorbs twice as much uh, electricity as Japan does. So there's huge appetite out there for energy. We need every source possible, and we can produce it cheaply here. The whole drilling revolution, the whole fracking revolution came because of technological advances, hmm. and that's what we want. Natural gas is a clean fuel. If they stop mucking around on the putting all these barriers up on nuclear that we've seen, that can be safe, and it doesn't uh, pollute the environment. Mm. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's such a key point. Steve, what's the economy look like to you right now? Uh, I think uh, it's amazing how resilient this economy is, which means that if we pursue the right policies, it's going to be a wondrous thing to behold. But there are real headwinds out there. Uh, we see it in uh, what uh, people, especially lower-income people, the ones who benefited most from the tax cuts that you helped shepherd through in the Trump years in Congress. Uh, though those uh, stand to be uh, jeopardized in 2025. So you have really uh, people in upper incomes doing okay overall, but lower incomes, they're the ones who get smashed hardest by the kind of environment we have today where interest rates have soared. And uh, job uh, wage growth is not, uh, despite what Gavin Newsom says, is not growing. I love how he said with a straight face, Larry, that working people in California pay less taxes than they do in Florida <laughs> or Texas. I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, and the sun sets in the morning, not in the evening. I mean, well, we had, <laughs> we had we we looked at the the California progressive tax structure, so. Uh, <laughs> You earn forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. You're going to pay six percent tax rate. Six percent is not nothing, but if you live in Florida, you pay zero. And I maintain that zero and, and, and was, the one, zero is lower than six. Look, and, and, the, and the one thing in that uh, thing that uh, Hannity put up, uh, the one area where California has a slight advantage in um, property tax rates, mm -hmm. 0 0.75 average versus 0 0.91. Then you, but when you account for how housing is uh, artificially so much more expensive in California, mm. you're going to pay less property tax in Florida because you don't have to pay three times as much for a house as you do in California. So they yeah. lose everywhere. <laughs> I mean that that debate is apocryphal. That debate should be 
a leading indicator of the presidential debate. Red yes. versus blue, you know, taxes and regulations versus no taxes and regulations. I mean, that that's the way that should. I mean, I give Hannity a lot of credit for that. Uh, I'm sorry Gavin Newsom decided to sort of fib his way through it. Uh, but I thought DeSantis did pretty well making his points. But that's, you know, you've got a clear divide. But look, at we've got to set growth targets, Steve, 3 to 4%, yes. I think, uh, which means... And, and it's doable. Yes, I mean, this, we've this, seen this, it done. Yeah, and uh, as you've pointed out in the past, if you have 3.5% growth rates, guess what happens to those things like Social Security mm. and Medicare, mm. those uh, so-called entitlements, Suddenly, you've got a lot of time to get new policies in for Social Security for younger people. And you don't have to take anything away from those who are on Social Security or about to go on Social Security. I wish these candidates would get off the idea, oh, we must raise the retirement. People don't like to have things taken away from them. And you don't have to take things away from them on on, the, on Social Security. Yeah, so I wish gross. the GOP would stop acting like uh, dentists who don't uh, give you anesthesia when they do root canal <laughs> <laughs> root canal without novocaine steve forbes chairman editor-in-chief of forbes media folks you can still buy this book inflation what it is why it's bad and how to fix it steve thank you ever so much thank for your you time. larry appreciate it very much folks we're going to take a break on the other side of the break political analyst and consultant roger stone we're going to talk about the state of the race we're going to talk about whether Robert Menendez should have been tossed out of the Senate since they, they got rid of the Republican. I'm Kudlow. 